weekend sport. Well, those of you who uh, have listened to this radio station for a while and uh, and our previous uh, our previous radio station, Radio Sport, will be very familiar with our next guest. He works uh, extensively with coaches and athletes at all levels, not only here in Australasia but around the world. His name is Wayne Goldsmith. WGCoaching.com is his website. And um, I think we find you on our side of the ditch, do we, Wayne? What uh, what brings you to good old NZ? Well, it was a plane actually brought me <laughs> over, but um, never try stand-up comedy. But, uh, no, I've, I'm over here. I've just attended a conference down in beautiful Rotorua. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm overlooking that magnificent park towards the bottom in the town and looking out over the lake. I can't think of too many places better or more enjoyable to be. It's uh, no secret that uh, the world has been a pretty turbulent place in the last couple of years, not just for sport, but for all walks of life. We are now uh, touching wood, hopefully out the other side. And, and sports, I guess, are starting to uh, you know look at, it, at what a post-COVID world looks like for them. In terms of numbers returning to sport, Wayne, what are the trends that are that you're seeing, you know, not only around the world, but, but, um, but down our end of the world in Australia and New Zealand? It is a fascinating time planning to be involved in sport because, you know, I think a lot of people are in the in the mindset to say, well, COVID's gone or let's hope it's it's mostly gone. A lot of people think, well, okay, now we can get back to normal. But I think normal has shifted. And I've been reading a lot lately. I'm about to head off on a trip to the USA, Canada, England, uh, Ireland and Germany speaking with sporting groups and in rugby and swimming and some others. And in the briefing, I'm hearing that term a lot. They're saying, I think normal has shifted that what we thought was the sports experience people were looking for. COVID has shifted what people are looking for. And, you know, the, the, we always have buzzwords in sport, Piney. You know, the word I'm hearing now, it's gone from just doing sport or playing sport to the experience of sport. What are people looking for when they turn up at a football field? It's a lot more than football now. They're looking for connections. They're looking for what people use as a word called humanness. They're looking for better connection with other human beings. They're looking for an experience that is more than what we were providing before COVID. Given that then, Wayne, how do sports and those delivering sport to communities and to elite level athletes, how do they have to change their approach? Well, the, the simple thing, and a friend of mine's a, a marketing guru, and, and the difference between him and me is his cars are always better and he goes to <laughs> nicer holiday destinations. They always seem to make a lot more money than us hardworking front men, mate. But um, he, he said to me, in simple terms, we've got to make a shift from it being about us to being about them. And he said, a typical football team will say, a typical football club or a sporting club will say, how do we grow our members? Well, that's what we want. Uh, how do we get more people to come in and join up? Well, that's what we want. The focus has got to be, it's ostensibly going to lead to the same place, but the focus has got to be, is what do the people want? What do our members want? What are, the, what are parents and kids and coaches and officials what are they expecting from us? So first and foremost, put them first. And then what we're looking for will come as a result. But we've gone past the stage where 
just sending out newsletters and doing social media posts and telling people how good you are, that's not working. It's now saying, what do you want from us? How can we reshape our experience? And and probably the best story I can tell, just a, a quick story on it, was uh, I was tied up with water polo leading into the Tokyo Olympics last year. And water polo sort of makes it hard. The nature of the game makes it really hard to just drag people off the street and say, hey, give this thing a go. Because if you can't swim really well in deep water and you can't swim really well in deep water with one hand above your head balancing more or less a basketball, you can't do the sport. And so what the sport did was to say to people, what would you want from the experience of water polo? And not surprisingly, people were saying, well, look, I can't really swim. I'd like to do it. It looks fun, but I can't swim very well. Can we do it in shallow water? Uh, I'm not really coordinated. I can't hold the ball with two hands. On one hand, can I do it with two hands? And so what we've started to see emerge is people designing sports experiences where they go, all right, well, if that's what people want, then let's give it to them. And interestingly, Piney, that the traditionalists in water polo, and it happens in all the sports, but the traditionalists in water polo go, well, that's not really water polo. The message is it may not be, but it's water polo to them. That's what they want. And I'd prefer to have 100,000 kids and parents and grandparents and carers in a metre and a half of warm water, throwing a ball to goals using two hands, then they're not doing anything that's vaguely connected to water polo. So the bottom line is it's not about us, it's about them. COVID obviously has has compelled sports like water polo, as you've just outlined, to do these sorts of things. Were there sports, though, Wayne, who were doing it already, who even pre-COVID had worked out that maybe their sport was a little bit inaccessible and had already started to do these sorts of things you're talking about? Yeah, there were, Piney. And I mean, the most famous example, I think, is cricket, where cricket came up with a modified version where they had a shorter pitch, they had wider bats, they had narrower boundaries so the players could get that thrill of hitting a ball over the fence, even if it was only four metres from the pitch. And you could substitute kids in and out. And Australia came up with that model. It was popularised as well here in New Zealand. Sports were looking at things like walking football and walking netball. But it was almost, I'd be comfortable saying it was almost like a fringe idea. It was, oh, we better, let's give this a go. After COVID, what we're seeing in all walks of life are people are saying, you know what, this is just as important to me now. What I'm doing, my experience of football or netball or water polo, the way I want to do it, this is just as important and just as valid as 15 a side or full court netball. People are saying, this is, I'm quite happy just to do this. I'm not looking at this as a transition into the traditional forms of the game. This is my game. This is what I want to do. And I want it to be as important and as resourced and as respected as what people would consider to be the more traditional forms of the game. That's really accelerated this, this concept. And we're seeing it in broader terms, Piney, too, that I read something that said there's about a million people a month, a million people a month in the US leaving full-time paid employment and looking for something else. They're saying, well, COVID said to me, I didn't have enough time with family. I really don't want to go back to slogging through traffic early in the morning and have a few holidays every year. I want something that gives me meaning, something that I feel good about doing, something that 
I go, you know what? I belong here. I've got friends here. This is this is something that means more to me than just doing a job. And we're so we're seeing that in wider society, and that's what we're also seeing in sport around the world. People are saying, you know, I want more than just turning up, having a coach telling me to run up and down a field. I want to go. You know what? I feel like I belong here. Geez, I love this club. I love this team. I love being part of this experience. This is giving me something more than just fitness and a, a few skills. And there's no doubt that that's, that's a global trend. It's certainly happening in Australia and absolutely in New Zealand. Isn't that a great opportunity, though, Wayne? You know, with, with uh, a couple of years of COVID where people craved connection that they couldn't always get, now, you know, sports organisations and clubs offer a place where people can come together and connect in that way. This has to be a time of great opportunity, doesn't it, particularly for community sports organisations? Oh, it is exactly, Pony. You've nailed it, that this is the time where progressive and innovative community sport-driven programs will flourish. The sports that continue to battle are the ones who are are insisting that there's only one form of the game and that their role is to say to the community, unless you're prepared to do it this way, which is they consider the only way or the right way, then we're not really interested in you. Maybe this sport's not for you. And the community saying, that's okay. We'll go and do it ourselves. We'll go and do something else. And, you know, I know I've just come from a swimming conference in Australia, and I said to the coaches, to guys, the, just making sport about physical training and doing hard work and doing more and more laps, those days are gone. That it's still about working hard in Olympic sports and elite sport generally, but unless you're saying, I've got to find a way as a coach of building relationships, creating rewarding experiences, connecting with human beings, they're not going to stick around long enough to gain all that wonderful fitness and endurance capability and skill levels. We know that people are looking for more. Now, the community sports that switch onto this and say, yeah, sure, there's an opportunity for us to do things a different way and say to our clients, you know, what's it? what is it that you seek and adapt quickly? and move rapidly. And the, the other organisations, I think, that have got to wake up very quickly are the national sporting organisations because they traditionally wait until there's a little bit of a murmur and a roll and then they, they try to respond. Communities are saying, we're not going to wait for you anymore. We're going to go, what do the people in this town and this region want? How can we adapt our resources, our facilities, our infrastructure how can we adapt quickly and connect more effectively with our local sporting community? And around the world, that's, that's definitely becoming a trend that the big changes are not coming from top down. They're becoming very obviously driven from community level up. Do you get the feeling, Wayne, that uh, those uh, traditionalists who you've just talked about, who have always delivered sport in, you know, in a certain fashion and uh, are pretty steadfast or have been in, in their belief around that, do you get the feeling, I mean, from what you've said, they have to change. Is there a willingness on the whole to make that change, do you think? You know, I often think that, you know, I hear people whinge and complain about, you know, the the crusty old uh, guy running the local rugby club who doesn't want to change or the, you know, the beautiful old lady who, who knits uh, and, and sews uniforms for the netball club. And people talk about them in a negative light. We, we don't have sport without them. You know, they are the heart and soul of every club, 
every sporting association, every team have got those people that are very, very set in their ways because for them, Piney, sport is, is like a blanket. It's a beautiful, warm, comforting feeling that no matter what's happening in their life, they go down to the local club where they've been a member and a player and a committee member and a, a board member and they walk in and they feel like they belong and trying to get them to change. You're not just saying, I think we should go from playing this type of football to walking football or whatever it might be. You're saying we're going to change. We would like you to change something that is almost defines who you are as a human being, and it's very confronting. But all relationships take time. And I say to people, instead of going down with a piece of paper and saying you've got to do this or showing them data, those people that are uh, obstacles and barriers in your mind or what you're trying to do, get to know them, listen to them, understand them, because ultimately you and them are after the same thing. You know, the, the crusty old people that have been there for 100 years, you don't want things to change, and it's always got to be done this way because we've always done it this way. Remember that the things that unite us are greater than the things that divide us. And they in their essence, want exactly what you want. They want more kids. They want everyone to love it and do it for the rest of their life. They want a sustainable club environment. They want positive. They want the same things you do. They're just looking at it from a different set of eyes. They're coming at it from a different perspective. So for the the traditionalists who love sport for what it was, respect them, listen to them, try to build relationships with them and help them to understand that this is the moment post-COVID, when we really want to see their sport flourish. And these are the things that can see what they ultimately want. We can see those things happen. Just to finish, um, you've always been one of the more optimistic uh, humans I've uh, had the delight of dealing with, but also with a healthy dose of realism there as well, Wayne. So do you feel optimistic about post-COVID sport? I feel very optimistic about post-COVID recreation, fitness, community health and well-being, mental health and well-being, which is getting a wonderful increase in focus and resourcing. Elite sport is going to take a while to adapt. I, I think elite sport, and particularly what I call those grunt sports and grind sports, the rowing, swimming, distance running, gymnastics, diving, all those sports that have relied on excellence basically through relentless hard training and commitment to just doing more work than anyone else, I think they'll be the slowest to respond because their philosophies and attitudes are are very much entrenched in the way they do sport. I think they'll be slow to react and hope things will go back to the way they used to. But where I'm really optimistic is that more people are getting out and doing things doesn't matter what it is particularly, but they're out doing things. There's that increase in just well-being. You know, we know there's a lot of research being done at the moment on employment and the way that people want to engage in their employment options in their offices and their workplaces. And one of the top things that keeps coming out in the research is things like, I want to feel like I belong here. I want to feel like I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. I want to feel like I've got friends here. Those things I'm very positive that community sport are great at doing because that's the essence of community sport. Friends having a good time together doing things that they love doing. But I think elite sport's going to take a while to react. I think they'll be slow and hopefully they'll eventually get the message. 
What the implications of that are, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I'm very optimistic about the physical and mental health changes that we're seeing in the broader community. Fascinating insights, as always, from you, Wayne. Thanks so much for being so generous with your time. I'm sure everybody listening got plenty out of your comments, as they always do. Look forward to catching up again sometime soon. Anytime, my friend. Anytime at all. That is coaching guru Wayne Goldsmith. WGcoaching.com is his website. Heaps of really cool articles on there and uh, and tips and tricks around all sorts of things to do with coaching, either at the elite level or down to the grassroots. WGcoaching.com. Such a pleasure to catch up with Wayne Goldsmith on News Talk ZB.